Let's begin our study in Revelation chapter 1, where it says in verse 5, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And then verse 6 says, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It's so important to understand that you are called to be a king and a priest. And I want us in particular today to look at how we function in that economically, okay? Particularly in relation to being a king. We could go into the priest part of it, we might do that another time, but you have to understand that kings function at the level of kings financially and in terms of resources. Kings are not funded meagerly. Kings are not funded with scraps. Remember when the the uh, the wise men from the east came to see Jesus as a babe. Um, you'll see it uh, in my book, Jesus Millionaire, that he was not funded with just a few bits of gold and a, you know some myrrh and frankincense, like we trinkets type thing. That um, we know that there was a very large uh, train um, uh, accompanied by many soldiers that brought these goods to Jesus because they funded him at the level of a king. They believed that he was the heir to the the Arsacid kingship um, in Parthia, where they came from. But we need to understand that kings are not funded in a meagre fashion. They're funded as you would expect at the level of kings. Now, if we look at Solomon, and I want us to see a couple of things about Solomon. Solomon, of course, was told by the Lord, he was given that, uh, you know, the, the genie prayer, if you like, ask of me what you will type thing. And, you know, we, we understand that from these, uh, you know, fables about genies and you know, all that stuff. But, it was God himself that gave Solomon this wonderful opportunity to ask anything that he wanted. So um, there was, it was spiritual reality. Solomon had a realm opened up to him, really, of all possibility. So, But Solomon chose wisdom. He didn't choose riches. He didn't choose victory over his enemies. He didn't choose long life. But because he chose wisdom, then God gave him riches and honour, and uh, he was he was told he would live long if he obeyed the Lord. Now, what I want you to understand is this: wisdom is the key to riches, but wisdom wisdom is the gateway to riches. And Solomon chose wisdom, and that made him an exceptional king. That made him the greatest king of antiquity because he chose wisdom. Now, there's a lesson there, folks. If you want to function as a king or as a king priest in the earth in a far greater covenant than Solomon could walk by. So Solomon was the the apex, the zenith, if you like, of the old covenant, his reign, his kingdom, his throne. But we know that in the end, Solomon uh, fell away. But we're in a different covenant. We're in a new covenant, a better covenant. So, but Solomon, it says here in First King chapter 4, King Solomon was king over all Israel. And then it tells you about his officials. Now look what it says 
Verse 7, Solomon had 12 governors over all Israel who provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provisions for one month of the year. You see, Solomon was king and provision was made for him as king. Okay, being the king entitled him. Okay, and, and then later on in the chapter, verse 20 says, Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and rejoicing. So it was a happy reign, okay? But, but also Solomon's people were, were provided for. They were eating and drinking. They had plenty to eat. So Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river, which is Euphrates, of course, um, and to the land of the Philistines, as far as the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Being a king means that you're funded. It's automatic. It's an automatic process. Kings don't have to go out and earn. Kings don't have to hustle for a living. They are paid on the basis of who they are, Okay, not on what they do. And we need to make that shift in our thinking, in our consciousness, from being people who have to earn a living to being people who are king priests and we're paid, if you like, if you want to use that term, on the basis of who we are, not what we do. Now, it's not to say this is a license to live a lazy life. You know, you're not living like a king if you live a lazy life, okay? A life of leisure. But you are at rest or should be at rest, okay? David was a man of war, but Solomon, his son, was a man of peace and quiet and rest. So he wasn't off fighting battles, but I didn't mean to say that he was lazy, okay? You know, we're not talking here about a license to be lazy, but we are talking here about shifting our consciousness from being people who are paid on the basis of what we do. In other words, earning our money, earning a living, to people who are paid because we're kings and priests. Solomon and all kings are paid, not on the basis of what they do. That's not to say that uh, royalty are all lazy. Many of them work harder than anyone else. I'm thinking about here in Britain. But that word tribute, folks. Solomon, they brought tribute to Solomon. And, you know, in many respects, that is, if you like, a shadow or a foreshadow of wealth transfer. We talk a lot about wealth transfer, the transfer of the the wealth of the wicked into the, the hands of the just because, we, because we're being paid tribute. A lot of that wealth transfer is going to be tribute money. And you should be believing for that. Now, listen, this is not a message to say, well, if you're not there, uh, you know, you're not living right. You know, it's not a condemnation message. It's a message of possibility. It's a message to say that this is something that we need to shift into, transition into. Okay, and there's keys to this, and I just want to share them with you. You might not be living funded on the level of a king right now, but that's not to say, number one, that you cannot be, and number two, that you won't be. You will be, if you do these three things in particular. I want to show you this. Genesis chapter 12, where God is calling Abram into, if you like, covenant relationship. He says, now the Lord has said to Abram, this is verse 1, chapter 12 of Genesis, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you, okay? Underline those words, show you. I will 
make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Three things God says, I will show you, I will make you, and I will bless you. Three things that we need to understand. If we want to transition into this whole realm of living as a king priest and being funded on that level, I will show you, we need to see it first. You need to see it in God's word. You need to see the this promised land of possibility that you can function funded at that level of being a mighty king in the earth uh, on, on a Solomon type level if you like you can be a king in the earth and it's not just oh well we're all king priests that's that's wonderful folks we need to start living like we are so you can uh, walk in it but you have to see it first and God says I will show you and where's he going to show us by revelation knowledge in our heart by the Holy Ghost but by us plowing his word by us being fervent and seeking him for it, he is going to show you. You're going to see it. When you see it with the, the eyes of faith, the eye of the inner man, then you'll see that promised land. He, he'll show you the land. He'll show you that realm. He'll show you that paradigm. Um, and, you know, keep listening to messages like this that's, that's going to show you these things. These things are available to you, child of God. Then he says, I will make you. So it's not striving in our own strength in the flesh and ingenuity, human ingenuity. No, he will make it happen. He will make us a great nation. He will make us a great people. He will make us a great business, a great ministry. You know, he will make us great in the earth. I will show you it, he says, and I will make you. I'll show you the land. I'll show you the realm of possibility. Then I'll make you a great nation in the land. And then finally, he says, I will bless you. So three things he promises, show, make, bless, okay? The blessing is his guarantee. The blessing is that force that stays with us all the time to make it manifest, to make it a reality. So we can walk in this level. Kings do not earn their money. They receive it by tribute. They receive it as a right. Now, we could read all into First Kings, first few chapters, all about how Solomon was funded uh, by Hiram, and then, of course, he had uh, he built the temple. Then the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon. This is chapter ten, concerning the name of the Lord. She came to test him with hard questions. Notice that Solomon's fame concerned the name of the Lord. He he was a man who was associated with the name. You, you go study this out. The temple was built to host and house the name of the Lord. We know that name to be Yahweh. So Solomon's name was associated with Yahweh. His kingdom was associated with Yahweh. I'm going to ask you this. How much are you associated with the hallowed name of Yahweh? With the precious name of Jesus? Amen? We have to align ourselves with the name. We have to be totally associated with the name. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. You ought to be a person that people, when they come to you, they unburden themselves, they share 
what's in their heart, they share their dream. See, a true king is somebody who will spark off in other people their own dreams. When you saw Solomon's empire, your own heart started to come out. And we see this as we read on. It says here, so Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. <laughs> she must have asked him some tough questions, but Solomon, why? Because he's full of wisdom. If you're going to function as a king, you need to be full of wisdom. And you need to be the type of person that people can come to. Now, let me just say this before we go any further. We're not talking king here entirely as a gender thing, okay? We're not talking here about only men can be kings. We're all kings and priests. Now, if you ladies want to call yourselves queens, that's I'm not going to fight with that. But what I'm saying is that, uh, for want of a better word, archetype of king, and it's not just an archetype as in just some kind of mythical thing, it's a spiritual reality. It's not gender specific. We all function in that realm of royalty. He answered all our questions. There was nothing so difficult that he couldn't answer. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen, watch this, when she saw, when she had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, when she saw how wonderfully they were dressed, they carried themselves, they conducted with excellence their business, it says his cupbearers, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. In other words, she fainted. She, she, she was absolutely taken away. All the strength, if you like, left her because she was astounded by what she saw. Let me just say this. If you and I are king priests, we should be functioning in that. We should be walking in that realm of authority, that realm of excellence, that realm of magnificence and majesty. You know, we're not majestic in our own majesty. We're majestic in the glory of God, in the glory of our King, the one seated at the right hand of the Father, King Jesus, the King of glory. Okay, his glory should be cascading all over us all the time. We should be immersed in it. We should be engulfed by it. So that when people encounter us, they say, oh, there's just something about those folks. Everything about them, everything they touch, is blessed, turns to gold, whatever. Then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes, and indeed the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. You see, if you're really a king, then what people hear about you should only be half of what you really are. Once they meet you, they should say, wow. <laughs> you know, there's an old saying, never meet your heroes. Well, folks, that's maybe applicable to the world. But what it ought to be is when people meet you and say, why, I heard you were a man of God. I heard you were a mighty woman of God. When I met you, I realised I hadn't even been told half of it. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame. Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. See, if you're a king, you should be full of wisdom and people should be happy to be in your presence all the time to hear it. Are you that person? That's what we need to ask ourselves. Am I that person? And the, the way to do it is to just get into the wisdom of God, get into his word and, and go after him for wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God, 
who delighted in you, setting you in the throne of Israel. You see, God delights in us and sets us on thrones, seated with Christ in heavenly places. Um, and God promotes us in earthly things too, in your business, you know, wherever you work. Uh, God will promote you if you if you function as a king. Because the Lord has loved Israel forever, it's not just for you, it's because of Israel. Therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Remember Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom and his righteousness. Let me just tell you this. Righteousness equals wealth. Okay? Now I'm not saying that people who don't have any money can't be righteous before God. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying to you is when you have that revelation, when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Righteousness is a word we don't understand. We just simply think of it as a moral, you know, living upright morally. But it's way more than that. It, it means to, to be in a right standing, to, to be right with God, of course. But to be right in everything that we do, it's all talking about excellence as much as it is about moral probity and, and, and uprightness, as we would call it. Now watch this. This is a bit I want you to see. This is a rich lady, and she's seen Solomon's riches. Solomon don't need her money. Okay? Solomon does not need her money. But she gave the king, verse 10, 120 talents of gold, spices, and great quantity, and precious stones. There never again came such abundance of spices as the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Also the ships of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought great quantities of uh, almug wood and precious stones from Ophir, and so on and so, so forth. Now, let me just say this to you. If you're a king and you please God in your conduct. Now, we're not talking about works. We're not talking about being a goody two-shoes and trying to earn God's approval by, you know, helping old ladies across the road and giving to Oxfam and all that. We're not talking about trying to buy. I'm talking about living as a king. And if you're truly living as a king, you're, you, you have to learn to receive. You ever known folks that can't receive? You, you try to bless them, they just won't take it. That's pride, folks. Pride masquerading is false humility. But the point I want you to see, the glorious thing about this that we need to understand and see, is that if you're a king, you are positioned to receive. The very fact you're a king, people are going to bring you tribute. And the people that will bring you tribute, they know you don't need it. They know you're not destitute. You're, you know, you're not got the begging bowl out. See, that's why it's, it's so abominable to see Christians trying to uh, beg for stuff or hint for stuff or all that stuff. You know, that kind of, you know, oh, well, you know, we're never going to tell people our needs, but you do it in, in, in a sly way. But I want to get into all that. That's a whole different message in some respects. But you see, if you're a king, you need to learn to receive and receive graciously because people are paying you tribute. This lady bought, brought tribute. She's a queen in her own in her own realm. She's magnificently wealthy. She doesn't need to give Solomon money in a sense either. You know, um, but the point is, she, she's doing it a tribute. Why? Because she's investing in the wisdom that Solomon was giving her. She understood there's gold in them, there are words. Okay? She understood that 
one afternoon with Solomon was worth, you know, millions in terms of money. Because if he imparts his wisdom to her, if she picks up some of that spirit, she herself will go on to greater things. She herself will have her own kingdom enhanced and expanded, if you like. And just the very blessing on its own of that wisdom, you're beyond what it can actually do for her in the material realm. Folks, we need to understand that when you find a man or a woman who dispenses wisdom out of their lips, that's the person to invest in. Not just your money, your resources, but your time. Okay? You know, a lot of people look for different things when they go to church. They might look for, oh, that the worship has to be so long, and it has to, you know, there has to be at least five people in the band, and it has to be electric guitars, and it has to be this. Folks, I'm just giving you this. I've always felt this, and, and, and I'll never change. I go where the preaching's good. If I was looking for a church, right now I'm pastoring, so. But, you know, I'm not going to go to somebody's meeting who, who didn't know how to preach or, or where the, the preaching is pathetic and watered down. Now, that's just, that's just me, but, but I'd go where the preaching's good, where the wisdom is being dispensed, okay? I, I'd go to the spout where the glory's coming in, Amen. Now, it's not just about preaching, but folks, God manifests his word through preaching. You know, and Solomon, Solomon didn't say to uh, Queen of Sheba, oh, let's sit down and watch some shows together. Let's put on a couple of movies. She sat and listened to his wisdom. You need to get where the wisdom is. We all need to get where the wisdom is. Why? Because we want multiplication. We want increase. Okay? We want to, uh, to grow, to increase. And the Queen of Sheba understood this guy's wisdom is going to make me a better queen, a better lady, a better person. We need to understand that we need to understand that Solomon was paid by tribute. Okay, people paid him tribute because he was a wonderful king. Okay, and you need to understand that that's why, or sorry, how you and I need to be funded. Not on the basis of what we do. We can do great stuff. We can do, we can be very skilled. And you can receive payment for that. You know, if you're a good carpenter, joiner, electrician, plumber, whatever, you know, fund manager, whatever it is, dentist, whatever. You know, you, there's nothing wrong with you doing that and, and receiving funds for that. Of course not. And be paid handsomely for it. Absolutely. But we, we are not people who are paid when we understand this revelation of functioning as a king and being funded in the level of a king. We're not people who are paid anymore based on what we do in terms of how much we can earn. We're, ba we're paid on the basis of who we are. And, and, you know, Solomon wasn't sitting there silent, like I said. She wasn't giving him 120 talents of gold because he just sat there and, you know, looked handsome. His wisdom, wisdom comes through the mouth comes out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom with all your uh, getting, get understanding. What, what, what it's all about is words, okay? Uh, not just any old words, but words that change atmospheres. Words that shift you into a new paradigm. 
Words that take you from one place to another that's higher and better and where there's more increase. And, you know, it's a broad, wealthy place. Words that can do that for you. And, of course, we know the source of those words is the Word of God. That's why you ought never have your face out your Bible. And that's why your Bible never ought to be out your mouth. Because we need to function as kings. The way to function as kings is to saturate your mind with wisdom. New Covenant, Romans chapter 12. Renew your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know, there's wisdom out there. You know, I, I, I got a lot of business books from the past. There's some great wisdom. I've got, I've got loads of these books. And there's some wonderful wisdom. But folks, there's nothing more pure, more powerful, more real, more authentic, more life-transforming than God's Word. You know, think about the book of Proverbs. The, the book that Solomon wrote and compiled. So, functioning as a king is to immerse yourself in wisdom, to understand you're not paid on the basis of how good you are at tasks or at uh, a skill or a craft. You're paid because you're a king. You're given tribute money. Wealth is transferred to you from the hands of the wicked and also other Christians who will weigh you in. Because they recognise upon you there's something about you. Yeah, I've shared this before. Partners of this ministry, friends of this ministry, those who favour my righteous cause and support what we do. I, I speak five things upon them daily. Number one, the spirit of wisdom. Uh, uncommon wisdom. Wisdom that will astonish the nations and, and their rulers. I speak that upon all that support this ministry. Number two, revelation knowledge. Of course, the two are closely tied together because you know you, you have stuff revealed to you that's spiritual reality, but there also is wise. Okay, not stuff that's dumb and foolish. So revelation knowledge. So wisdom, revelation knowledge. The third thing I speak is supernatural favor. You're not going to get much done without favor. You, you'll hit a brick wall. You need... Uh, favour to take you through or over or round or under a brick wall, okay? Uh, you need the type of favour that will smash brick walls into dust because we need favour. The Bible says of the early church they had favour with all the people. Isn't that wonderful? You need favour with certain people. Um, you know, and, and the, the, the toughies, the hard ones, they're the ones you need favour with the most. You know, and it's a great victory when you overcome the hostility of people that refuse to show you favour because if you keep speaking favour God will work on their heart and, and whether they do it grudgingly whether it's the fear of the Lord because the fear of the Lord and the favour of God are actually two sides of the same thing but we're not going to get into that right now we don't have time and number four is the power to get wealth Okay, you need God's power to get wealth and again I have to say it because there are people out there that, that are religious minded and carnally minded it isn't about you being rich so that you can drive fancy cars and, and wear flash clothes and all that stuff. It's not about that. Blessed to be a blessing, okay? You're blessed to be a blessing. It's kingdom wealth, and kingdom wealth is, uh, is wealth that lifts people out of poverty. To be a blessing to somebody, you're that wealthy that you can give to people that, that don't have. And they did again that in the early church, that folks that had sold stuff, their lands and so on, laid it at the apostles' feet so that those who didn't have as much could be raised out of uh, un, 
unfairness and injustice and poverty. And finally, the blessing. The fifth thing I speak to people is the blessing. Uh, the blessing, of course, is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. In other words, you're blessed. You, again, you're funded because you're blessed, not because you work hard. Now, working hard is great and you ought to do it, as in working diligently. But it's not the source of your wealth. The source of your wealth is a blessing. And, of course, that is the blessing of Abraham, uh, that Jesus was made a curse on the cross. He took that curse upon him so that you and I could have the blessing of Abraham come upon us. So these five things, and they're so vital. And when you're functioning in these five things, you're functioning as a king. You're funded as a king because you're functioning in wisdom, revelation, the favour of God is in your life, the power to get wealth, the blessing. You know, in many respects, it's all just kind of different facets of the same thing. Uh, which is just the presence of God in your life, the covenant reality that you walk in as a believer. So we're funded as kings. And if you're not there, don't don't despair, don't get upset. This is this is about showing you the land. And it's about saying, you know, God's going to make this happen and He's going to bless you. And you know, not only it's not all future folks. These are realities, but we have to be shown the realities. It's not something that this is way off in the future that you have to strive and struggle and attain to. These are all things that are already given you, but you have, you're the one that has to renew your mind, shift your consciousness from being some, a have-not to somebody who, who says, no, I'm, I am blessed with faithful Abraham. I am funded at the level of a king. I am walking in this. And as I continue to speak his word, then the faith will grow, the substance will grow in me, and the manifestation will, will follow in due course. And you can speed it up. Just spend time saturating your thinking with this. Listen to this message over and over. You are a king. You are a priest or a king-priest in the order of Melchizedek. Uh, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. All things are yours. You're in that company, that band. And let's be honest, you know, I've said it many times. It's only really going to be a remnant people that walk in this. Sadly. But, you know, I, I believe uh, as a remnant man, as a remnant saint, it's my job to try and encourage as many others to come into this. Because you, you want to see people blessed. You want to see people lifted out of darkness, despair, death, destruction, poverty, misery, sickness. So, folks, be blessed, but do everything you can to engulf your own being, spirit, soul, and body with these wonderful truths so that you can walk in them and be a king priest in the order of Melchizedek, functioning as a king, funded as a king. Till next time, the Lord bless you.